0: Listening to the CIPD podcast series. Hello, and welcome to the program. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on strategies for attracting and retaining talent. Talent management consistently tops the list of business challenges that CEOs and HR professionals are wrestling with. To find out why and what they're doing about it, I caught up with some of the impressive array of speakers at the recent CIPD Annual Conference and Exhibition, speakers from McKinsey, Virgin Mobile and Amy. As usual, you can find more information about the people featured in the programme and on the subjects discussed by taking a look at the show notes that accompany this podcast. You'll find them at cipd.co.uk slash podcasts. To start with, I talked to Emily Lawson, our partner at McKinsey. It's been 10 years since McKinsey published their seminal report, The War for Talent, and I asked Emily whether it's still the case that talent remains a key issue for organisations.
1: And that's absolutely still the case, and you've you've seen the data that we've shared. Every time we survey CEOs, it is the number one or number two issue, finding the right people. And that has particular challenges in cases where companies are expanding into new markets that they're not aware of, expanding into new businesses where they may not have the core skills. And what we've done 10 years on from the war for Talent is to try and get a bit more specific about where are the real talent segments, where there's a challenge for companies, because it's not everybody. It's not just the top 200 people. Depending on your business strategy, it will be a specific or more than one specific group of people that you really need to think about. Where are you getting them from? What skills do you need? How are you going to deploy them both within a business but also globally?
0: It's clear then, talent is still a priority. However, how have things moved on since that first report? Where should the focus be today?
1: It's about identifying for you as a business, where, where's the challenge for you? Both what's your critical talent segment in terms of delivering strategy or segments and also you know, what does that mean in terms of the external world? are they scarce in the external world or are they actually relatively plentiful and you're just not attracting them. So really understanding the nature of that gap. But the opportunity for making substantial improvements in business value and what you can deliver as a business through finding the right people and then deploying them against the right jobs is going to stay the same. And in fact, maybe even more acute in a downturn where you've got to keep a real eye on wastage and which opportunities you're deploying your best people against.
0: OK, so if securing the right talent for the business is such a critical issue, how do we set about developing the right strategies? I asked CIPD's talent advisor, Claire McCartney, for her thoughts.
2: You do need to have a really strong vision or, and picture of what your talent looks like, your existing talent. Um, and I think only from then you can, you can go on to say um, how you need to complement that internal talent pipeline. So you need to know that in order, you know, who you need to attract um, to make maximum impact in your business, so you need to audit who you've already got. I think definitely, yeah. I think uh, you know some of the ways of attracting talent into organisations. It might be looking at some of those untapped talent pools, um, so um, unemployed groups or single parents, older workers. Um, you know, creative ways of bringing people into the organisation.
0: Next, I caught up with Scott Hobbs, head of talent at Amy, the support services organisation.
3: I wondered how the current economic climate was affecting his search for talent. Most of the recruitment I do is in the, in the kind of graduate market. Um, and I guess if anything, though, and quite an interesting um, kind of message for us, I think, is that... That at the moment, with the downturn in the kind of construction market and you're hearing about all the different construction organisations that are having problems at the moment, it's really been beneficial for us um, because actually some of, the, some of the areas we've really struggled to hire in in the past are now struggling to get jobs in, in organisations they did in the past so now are, are turning to us and, and looking for roles. So actually it's been it's slightly easier for us at the moment in areas like um, quantity surveying, um, civil engineers, etc. Is, is, is actually quite useful for us at the moment.
0: An interesting example of how tough economic times can present opportunities. But I wanted to know more of AMIS strategies for attracting graduates. Which approaches
3: do they use to engage them? So a lot of it's online, although we have, you know, we we advertise in trade publications and we're now looking at um, just expanding the size of my team um, with getting an additional person in to look at what's the kind of pipeline of people coming through to the point at which we hire them within the business. So how do we support people who are maybe wanting to opt into engineering at A-levels or after their GCSEs and how do we support them and and, and sponsor them through different programmes so that they actually come out with the right kind of skills for us as an employer.
0: You're listening to the CIPD podcast series. So far, we've focused on identifying and attracting the talent that the business needs. But what about the challenge of developing and retailing talent within the organization? I asked McKinsey Associate Principal Matthew Guthridge for his views on the balance to be struck here.
4: I think, without exception, our, our, our clients are uh, investing very heavily in the search for talent. Um, some might say they invest potentially too heavily in the search for external talent at the expense of um, their own internal development practices. In fact uh, our recent research uh, on global talent management showed that in fact where companies can deliver the most value is often through the the right developmental experiences being provided to talent internally uh, both through deployment and also through you know learning and development type of experiences however you know when you look at where the budget tends to go from it in in terms of um, talent management it's typically around recruitment and selection practices uh, and and the actual sourcing of talent uh, on a global basis And, and so some might say that the the balance itself needs to be a little bit redressed
0: knowing when to look outside the organization for talent and when to develop existing talent appears to be an important part of getting talent management strategies right. But Matthew gives the impression he thinks recruitment comes ahead of development too often.
4: Yeah, I I think that's definitely true. And and it's not to say that recruitment doesn't have a a key place in today's marketplace. Uh, In fact, uh, a number of our clients are growing extremely rapidly. um, And quite frankly, internal development with its long sort of lag times will not actually uh, deliver the sort of talent that people need to fill those pivotal roles. So in, in those sorts of situations where there's huge uh, business growth or technological change, um, the sort of capabilities, the numbers that you need to fill your key gaps, uh, you know, aren't going to be delivered in the space of time that you need. But look, for the most part, we'd have to say that um, development is, is neglected um, relative to, to recruitment. There needs to be much more investment internally um, from, from organisations in existing talent. Uh, in order to, you know, more rapidly develop them, accelerate the development through the organisation in order to fill your your key roles. Because ultimately you save a lot in terms of onboarding, you save a lot in terms of uh, recruitment costs um, by working with those people.
0: So over the longer term, there may well be savings to be made through effective development of existing talent. But when you do need to look outside, how do you keep costs down? Virgin Mobile has made significant savings through some of their innovative approaches to recruitment. Their head of people, Richard Roberts, explains.
5: Basically, if people are recommended by employees, they get a financial reward for doing it. Um, But actually, my my view is that you will recommend people anyway, regardless of the award. Um, And we actually market that internally as our great back-scratching extravaganza. Because rather than calling it recommend a friend, we've put a brand spin on it um so 25 percent of our people are recruited through that route really? That's so um, and it saves us an enormous amount of money and cost effort and all that um but also you find that people don't recommend people that they think won't be any good so it as it's natural filtering process because it would reflect the uh, real men absolutely
0: Creating an employer brand that not just attracts people to work for the organisation but gets them to recommend friends, too, is certainly working for Virgin Mobile. I asked the CIPD's Claire McCartney to expand on this point.
2: I think the issue of employer brand is is really important. Really, there are three factors which impact on how to attract talent into an organisation, um, and that is um, the image of the industry – um, the reputation of the organization as a place a good place to work um, and also how far individual um, values actually link up to organizational values so I think um, in terms of employer brand organizations need to develop a strong vla- brand which is going to appeal to um, not only their current employees but potential future employees. Um, And I think around in terms of values, things such as um, corporate social responsibility um, and, and sort of trying to get those kind of messages out there are things that people are probably looking for.
0: Interesting points there about the role that more intangible factors such as values are playing in attracting, engaging and retaining talent. I chatted further with Richard Roberts about the way these factors play a part in Virgin Mobile's efforts to recruit and retain talent.
5: I, I think it's all about the way people, um, when they work for us, is the reputation of the organisation and people's perception. Um, we would put a lot of effort on some of the key people things, such as career development, such as um, making sure people are recognised, are rewarded properly... Um, And they have, you know, my thing is around employee engagement and making sure that when people go through their life with us, that each of the different touch points, so through induction, through career development, through normal performance management, that that reflects our brand and our values and that people, you know, do work hard, but actually come home at the end of the day saying, you know what, I worked really hard today, but this happened and that happened. Uh, and they're very positive about the whole experience.
0: You don't pay higher than the industry average?
5: No, we pay less. You pay
0: less? Yeah, I'd so, say. So why do people still come
5: to you? People join companies for different reasons, um, and it's a very individual thing, but if you look across the board generally, it's around, can I develop my career? What job am I going to be doing? When that, will that be interesting, exciting? Would it allow me to be empowered to make decisions and to put my ideas into practice? Um, you know, do I get recognised for what I do? Um, and is it a good company to work for? Um, and obviously, there's a huge social side to Virgin, as you would imagine. Um, and we, we know we do put a lot of effort into making it a great place to work, a very human place to work. Um, so you know, it's all those different elements that add up um, to, to people saying, actually, I want to stay.
0: So, some clear ideas there of what works for Virgin Mobile. Next, I talked again to Scott Hobbs from support services organisation, Amy. He told me how their graduate recruitment programmes are now looked at very closely from a talent management perspective.
3: We have two main kind of types of graduates who come in. We have graduates who come into our leadership program who are just uh, who kind of come come from any degree discipline, um, and those people are on a set program for two years. They get very structured development, and at the end of that period, we decide right okay, you're ready to go into our fast track program, or you need a little bit more work, and this is how you, where the areas where you need to do that work. People who come in as, say, an engineering grad or a, a quantity surveying grad in that kind of arena, we would just advertise them to the opportunity to go onto talent tracker straight away if they're interested. So there, there are programs kind of set up that look at them taking a, a longer term view of their of their relationship with uh, with us as a kind of a graduate and talent team, um, rather than just thinking right, two years we cut you off and, and you go off into the organisation and we don't see you again. We want to look at how we can maintain that relationship. But very much for me, I think, it's about not only doing the kind of typical graduate thing of training them in, in how to, uh, you know, the things they need to know, the skills they need to develop, but actually what are we doing in supporting their own career development skills. Because often people don't train in that. They, you know, they kind of say to you, you can develop your career in this organisation, but don't actually tell you how you can do that. So what kind of an impact has this talent management
0: approach had on the success of the graduate recruitment programme?
3: The retention has been fantastic on them. Um, we've, we've been running them now for around three years and I think year on year the, you know, the retention levels are getting better and better as we're really understanding what is it that, that makes people want to stay inside the organisation, how do you connect them with you know, the reason they joined you to start with. So at the graduate level, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of people are really interested in our CSR agenda. So the corporate social responsibility is a really big issue for them. Um, and I think also the development thing is um, is a really kind of critical th- reason as why people join us. The career. Yeah, well, career development and personal development. I think there's also obviously we you know we're always looking at pay and how do we keep up with the industry levels and and all that kind of stuff as well. But I think development is probably the for, for me anyway the critical issue to resolve.
0: The last 10 years have undoubtedly seen a greatly increased focus on talent management for the kinds of reasons we've heard in this programme. But what of the economic context? How does or should that influence strategies for attracting and retaining talent? I ask Claire McCartney for her thoughts.
2: I think, despite the economic downturn, up until recently, um, the labour market has been quite buoyant, actually. I think what I'd warn against is taking a, a short-term approach to talent management, because a long-term approach is really important for sustainability of the organisation, um, and you know, it pays not to be short-sighted. I think HR have probably got a really important role to play in making sure that organisations not only survive market downturns, but actually bounce back faster than their competitors. Um, So um, really careful consideration needs to be given to um, cutting margins, whether organisations have to downsize but preserve key talent, um, or whether there are opportunities out there for picking up talent which has been discarded um, by competitors. Um, So I think those are all, all things to consider.
0: Some timely advice there on how to balance the realities of the downturn with the ongoing need to keep bringing through the talent that the organisation needs. I finished by asking McKinsey's Emily Lawson for one final pointer about how to deliver effective talent strategies.
1: You can get this down to a relatively straightforward set of actions, but at the heart of it is tailoring this for your situation we see too much time spent on identifying you know the gold standard recruiting process and the gold standard deployment process and they're they're helpful right it's it's great to do recruitment really really well but not if you're spending your time and your money on recruitment which isn't actually at the heart of what drives value for the business and so it's about linking the hr and talent strategy to the business strategy and that's what makes all the difference
0: And that brings us to the end of today's programme. I hope you found it an interesting look at the way different organisations are going about attracting, retaining and developing the talent their organisations need. Remember, you can find out more information about the issues raised in this programme at cipd.co.uk slash talent. Next time, we'll be looking at performance management when we'll hear from more experts who spoke at the CIPD's annual conference and exhibition. Until then, goodbye. listening to the CIPD podcast series.